Oh, Jesus Christ. Why am I still fucking doing this? Like, God damn it. Fuck. <sighs> Son of a bitch. What time is it? It's 2.30. Okay, good. 2.30 at, at night. It's 2.30 a.m. It's a Friday. I um I was going to do all three episodes at once, but I'm too tired. Um, and plus, this is a weird episode. Uh, hi, welcome to Jordan Talks Titans, the show about Titans, the DC Titan show that I f- fucked myself up by watching because this is this is what I do now. <laughs> Son of a bitch! God damn it! Um. Hi. So, uh, it it, used, it was uh, Trevor Talks Titans season two, season one was still me. Um, Tre- Trevor uh, made the wise decision and decided to bolt out. Uh, but if you want to, you should really check out his podcast. We need to talk about Kevin. Uh, that recaps Kevin Smith things and works. It's a lot of fun. Uh, he gives my blessing in this. Uh, thankfully. Um. Uh, Jack and Ian uh, did not return my calls, and it's very late, so that's what we're going to do. So, uh, uh, my original idea was to do all three episodes at once, because they've all been out now, Um, but instead we're going to do like OG Jordan Talks Titans and do episode by episode recap, so you know what happened, my thoughts on it. And then we just carry this over. Uh, so, when we first started with Jordan Talks Titans, it was season one. And I came to the conclusion that the show was rushed. The writing was horrible. It was sloppy. And clearly they rushed it to production because DC streaming needed something on the table. So that's why everything felt crappy and cheap and not well put together. Uh, I thought Curran Walters as Dick Grayson sucked um, because obviously they only had like two takes and some of the times because he's an Australian actor uh, couldn't do the accent. So he was going like to a dismay and just like kind of weird. This is how Dick Grayson sounds now. Uh, And it just I I couldn't buy into that shit. Uh, Season two was made worse, I believe. Uh, even though it was Deathstroke, and we're supposed to be very excited about Deathstroke and Jericho and Rose, uh, it, it's the consensus I had was that is the most DC CW bullshit out there when they keep focusing on relationships and romance, and uh, I, I think that it's okay in in a sense for superheroes. I mean, like fucking Superman, Lois Lane, for instance. Um, but as far as Titans, uh, the issue is that you're dealing with an ensemble. It's not a standalone show. So it's, we're not watching the Nightwing show. We're watching Titans. And usually when it comes to ensembles, I hate them because they never really nail down what it is. Uh, that's why I really hate a lot of MCU movies, especially later on when it was things like Avengers and Avengers and then Avengers and then like Civil War Captain America. So not really anybody gets their own character arc and you get character development and it's just, it doesn't work. 
a sort of crappy, trashy, uh, got awful. Uh, then the pandemic happened. So we were a year off of Titans. Uh, so I had a long break, but apparently at that time, people were really excited about Tiger King and, uh, other streaming services and true crimes and like the circle and bake off. They rewatched HBO Watchmen for some reason. Uh, I mean, you do you. You're welcome to watch what you want. And uh, because DC streaming kind of shut down and all of the stuff kind of transferred over to HBO Max because Warner Brothers needs people to subscribe to that shit, uh, they kind of got a budget, I think, and now they kind of are trying to work this out. So with over a year to to prepare for this season did they improve did it get better is it still a crock of shit it's yes and no uh currently speaking if we're just going by this one episode uh this is the best episode of titans not kidding this is the best episode of titans uh season three episode one is the best episode of titans I've went through two seasons of hell and it's frustrating mess to get to where we are right now. And I will say you're not if you it's the first two seasons are very rough and not good. Um, I would not recommend people watch it. But the problem is a lot of the plot points in the start of the season uh, are things that are he- echoing back into seasons one and two. Uh, but I think it's still kind of nice enough, probably for HBO Max, that you don't really have to understand the first two seasons uh, to understand what's going on. And you can actually kind of, I think, just go straight into this uh, and, and watch Titans season three episode one and you'll be fine if you know just a little bit of comics lore like you know what dick grayson looks like and you can kind of see a a a teenager with a superboy shirt on and think yeah that's superboy you'll be fine and that's okay uh it, it it will take getting used to but you know what it's fine it's fine it's 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 actually uh not that bad uh so uh that being said, it's still not the best TV show in recent times. Uh, I There's still probably hundreds of dramas and comedies I would rather watch than Titans. And this is coming from a big fan of Nightwing and DC Comics in general. Um, I still think Doom Patrol is better than Titans. I still am on the standpoint that uh, a lot of shows... Uh, maybe the... I will now, here is, I'll be nice here. Season 3, Episode 1 of Titans is better than most DC shows except for Legends of Tomorrow and Doom Patrol. That's where we are right now. That's like third place. Everything else is crap, including The Flash, (laughs) including Supergirl, uh, Superman and Lois, whatever that CW show is, Batwoman. uh, Because I, I will say... Uh, watching those shows, while they are character story arcs, they have that same paint by numbers bullshit that I see on every CW show where there is the superhero, the two lackeys in the home base, and then they try to do the the villain of the day, 
And then the B plot is always a relationship arc with the hero and the main love interest. Like that's mostly every single episode of, of these DC TV shows. And there is slight of that in, in this. Um, but thankfully, because there's, I guess, so many characters now, they try to ruin that relationship thing. I guess that was a big part of season one and two with the Hawk and Dove angle. They're they're obviously going to show up in season three, episode three. Uh, it's it it's a good starting point. I don't know where this is going to lead though, um, because a lot of the uh, storylines that they've kind of thrown into the mix have kind of been eighty sixth. And I will say, thank God, uh, that's a good choice <laughs> because I don't think anyone needs to see the. Uh, the Jason Todd Rose love angle where Rose uh, falls in love with Jason as he lives in a theater standing and was a theater kid. I think that's just kind of just horseshit to be honest. It, it's, it's, it's just one of those uh, rough patches. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, I will always applaud Curran Walters. I think Curran did the best of all the actors and performers. I think Curran as Jason is the best character in Titans. And this episode was almost like a great tribute to Jason Todd. Uh, the final part of this review before we get into the recap, which everyone loves, especially Trevor, is that um, they basically did a really quick version of Deaf in the Family, but they didn't go full on Deaf in the Family. So I think for a mainline DC Comics fan who wanted that Jason Todd blow up phone call thing, you're not going to get that. You're just going to get 10 seconds. <laughs> like literally, like you don't even get much. Like this, this big monumental DC event, the death of a Robin by the hands of the Joker is maybe 10 seconds. And it's just like, to me, I feel like that is one of the biggest sucker punches in this episode and why I still am like, fuck this show. Because <laughs> uh, this could have easily been like the last three episodes of season two. This could have easily been its own mini story arc in season three. Instead, we are just going to go straight to this is the death, was introduced to characters, and now we've gotten this thing, and now we're just going to go straight to Red Hood. And I, I, I mean, I think they just really want to get straight to Red Hood because they really want to amp up the, the, the new Robins and they want to get the entire Bat family out of the way. My guess, if I had to take the hunch, currently based on what I'm seeing now, uh, this season, this whole season is going to be a shadow pilot for a Bat family spinoff because this is what's kind of leaning towards right now. It is definitely leaning towards that this season of Titans, while it definitely is holding into like here, well, here's Beast Boy and here's here's Superboy and here's they're really focusing this on Dick Grayson and Gotham City as the season's plot, and I think the main interest is to make to spin it off. So then Nightwing, uh, Red Hood, Tim Drake, maybe Damian. Uh, Duke, uh, Carrie Kelly, <laughs> for some reason, uh, Duke Thomas, uh, Barbara Gordon, Stephanie Brown, maybe Ka maybe Ka uh, Kane, Cassandra Kane, uh, and and of course Ace the Crime Hound uh, will have their own sp spinoff Titan show 
and make that the ensemble because now you're writing just maybe six to seven characters in a Gotham City Bat Family thing that's not necessarily Batman. They're going to try and write him off and just focus on these these teenagers, the younger Batman characters, and then flip over to Titans where maybe Starfire's the lead now and they're trying to build up for Beast Boy. Maybe Cyborg will make a guest appearance. Who knows? Um... <clears throat> Because that's kind of what it looked like for Doom Patrol for some reason. Even though I really love Cyborg in Doom Patrol. That is one cool character. Uh, <laughs> I, I am also, once again, very, very tired. Uh, this is an HBO Max one. And the production budget definitely got better in this. So it's a vast improvement over DC. It basically was like a $10,000 an episode show to now like a thirty to forty thousand dollar an episode show uh it doesn't look like they use the same vancouver shots that i see in every dc tv show it looks like they went to georgia it looks like they went to the lot it looks like they went to toronto for some things and i'm almost led to believe they actually went to san fran for some of these shots so that's a cool thing uh so now uh, I, I will not, I will hold off and say the whole season is good because I've been burnt before. I have said some episodes are good and some are bad, but this is the best episode Titans. This was the best. And I'm about to go through it with the classic recap episode. So here we go. <clears throat> season three, episode one, Barbara Gordon. We start our show with Jason in the Batcave. That's right. We finally see the Batcave. Uh, and he is on the little tracking device on the little scan computer that looks straight out of, like, Arrow and sees the Joker's location. And he's doing the triangulation and all the kind of stuff that you see in the any sort of cybernetic show. And he found a location. So then he calls Batman up. And so and instead of just Batman going, I'm Batman, it's still, once again, old man Bruce Wayne. Uh, the guy who's just like this weird quirky it's a going to Jason Todd for me the Batman whoopadoo uh, he's asleep on a jet plane uh, no word on if the pilot knows who he is really they never go into the bare minimum details of Bruce Wayne if anyone knows he's Batman or not or if it's just an autopiloted jet plane because he's Batman he has the technology uh, Jason calls Bruce who wakes up and tells him I found the Joker. He's at the old amusement mile. Well, the uh, old amusement park by the pier. They didn't call it amusement mile, which kind of set me off a bit too. Cause I love all the Batman lore in this. And I mean, it, it, anyone who's a big fan of day knows the amusement mile with the old amusement park was where the Haley circus was with Dick Grace. They could have easily just done a whole lot of different arc with this. No, it's just, Hi, he's at the old amusement park that's all abandoned. Straight out of fucking Scooby-Doo. And Bruce goes, No, Jason, don't go in there. Stand down. It's no. You're, I'm not in the, my car. I'm just taking a nap. Wait, I'm not there. I'm on the plane. I was in a meeting. Don't do it, Jason. I am not in Gotham yet. We'll go in the morning. Don't do this. No, no, no. And Jason's like, hey, you should, oh, come on, I got him. I, I could take him. I could take him on and meet Jason Todd. And Bruce goes, no. And then he looks at some, like, weird mask. Like a weird, like, you know, like when, when, when you, uh, when you, it's a passe thing, but you know the oxygen mask? 
And then they have like the little tube and like some places they like those whole eat like oxygen bar craze. It's like they took the oxygen bar mask and had like some weird sense up. But it, he, so Jason looks at the thing and then uh, he gets like a flashback to the time he fell out of a building and Dick Grayson's like, no. And it's not about Ratter, you are afraid or not. So then Jason, in the, in the most triumphant scene of all of Titans, season three, episode one, looks at the Joe, looks at the Robin suit, puts on the mask, with that weird like it looks like chicken broth. It looks like fucking chicken soup. Like the chicken soup goes. <laughs> then he gets like the weird. Uh, a requiem for a dream eye dilation but it's like brown and, and turns into a soup eye and very dilated and then he opens up the glass and then he says fuck the joker and i'm just laughing my ass off because it's all come for full circle here we went from the titans fuck batman kind of thing to became a whole joke about titans Enough that people already just turned down the show to now, hey, it's Titans. Fuck the Joker. And it wasn't even like a sarcastic, hey, no, this time it was really like, fuck, fuck the Joker. So then uh, Jason Todd Robin uh, breaks open a, a lock in a, in a chain and enters the amusement mile through fencing in its old dusty habits. If you remember correctly, Amusement Mile with the Joker is the Joker's hangout and old hideouts and a lot of lore of Batman comics, including Death in the Family, but also Long Halloween, among others. Check your local library for more information about the Joker. <coughs> uh, he looks at the tracker on a phone to find where the Joker is, uh, and then he looks at a test your weight machine where the tester strength machine where a security guard is basically hung like a crucifix but with the joker gas on it now if you don't know in joker lore the joker gas makes you smile and then you have a ruptured heart attack and then you die um but just like in like batman 89 it's that weird cartoonish smile that looks like somebody who's like was trying to be the mascot for the Lemonheads. Or, like, somebody who's, like, trying to figure out, like, what am I doing wrong with my face? It's all smiling. Like, like someone messed with Goop from the 90s. Like, someone became, like, the Sega mascot. And I'm just expecting some security guy to wake up, look at the camera, and say, Sega! Because that's just the kind of face it looked like. It was comedically bad. But we were supposed to feel very sympathetic. And Robin's like, oh, no. And as that, we have that little quiet jump scare as a fortune teller clown thing wakes up from lighting and goes, <laughs> that startles Jason as it would me. And then immediately, boom, slight slide. Joker uh, hits Robin in the face with a crowbar, starts laughing, ha ha ha, and starts beating the shit out of Robin with the crowbar. And it's just like the back of his head in a purple suit and just it looked like a video game it looked like arkham asylum joker it did not look like a real joker and so you're just hearing uh, 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 uh. 
No explosion, just beating the shit out of him with a crowbar. And then as you're hearing laughter, <laughs> We didn't go to San Francisco, Dayton Labs. A foamy mess shows up as a green vial is picked up by a Dr. Robotnik-looking guy. Uh, he's Gizmo. Remember Gizmo? He was in season two. Gizmo? G- Gizmo. Remember Gizmo? The, the, the rogue villain Gizmo. No. Okay. Uh, but then we get seen Nightwing. Nightwing's here. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Nightwing uses his scrimistics and kills some henchmen. Or beats the shit out of him. He doesn't kill people. Uh, he does some kicks, some flippy-doos. Uh, and in the process, this really cool song, Caplain uh, Pormoy by Plastic Bertrand starts playing. And it's, it's a real bop. Yeah, so this just Bob just keeps playing in the background uh, as Nightwing basically does really cool action sequences that you would normally see in all sorts of, you know, fight sequences. So he, he does a flip, he does a counter, he grabs someone's arm, they do a flip, almost like professional wrestling sort of ways. Uh, he uh, shows his butt shot, and I guess maybe there's prosthetics, or maybe he did some squats over the summer. But now he has a kind of a butt. I guess that's fixed. Uh, then he uses the escrima sticks with lightning bolts and starts shocking the rails. And you see a bunch of people go, ah, in a hilarious way. In a way that it, I guess it works out. <clears throat> As this music still plays, we cut through a vent, and then we go straight to another part of the warehouse where Beast Boy is there. Beast Boy becomes, once again, the same fucking tiger. Uh, but it looks better than previous tigers, and well-developed tiger. Uh, then, as he mauls a person, uh, Superboy shows up. Uh, people start shooting guns, pew, 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 pew. He becomes bulletproof. Uh, and then Crypto uh, then runs into the people and does a big tackle and knocks them out unconscious. Then the henchman goes, Oh shit, it's fire! Fire! And, and Starfire shows up and starts pew-pewing some fireballs and hurts people in his new costume. That new costume looks really cool, by the way. I really like Starfire's new costume. Uh, so then Gizmo, you know, Dr. Botic, uh, goes, You stop him! To a large henchman. And then things become actually very interesting. That's right. Nightwing becomes quippy. So then we see Nightwing. He has a big smile on his face. And he goes, hey there, big guy. With a huge smile. And finally, after going through all of this suffering that I've went through for two seasons... All I wanted was a quippy, sarcastic, funny-ass Nightwing being the shit out of people, and I finally fucking get it. So 
I stopped for a moment and actually applauded the show. Thank you. It took three seasons, and I finally got what I wanted. Some sort of quippy Nightwing doing flippity-doos and telling jokes. Was it a good joke? Not really. It's a large henchman. Hey, they're a big guy. But at least it's a fucking quip. Uh, And as Robotnik picks up a laser gun they probably stole from a laser tag place that was, you know, closed down during the pandemic. Uh, the cast reveal is then shown. Nightwing is standing next to Starfire, Beast Boy, Superboy, and Crypto. Nope, Raven's not there. No Rose. No Jericho. No Aqualad. Uh, and if you remember, Donna Troy's dead. Hawk and Dove, still not there. So basically, we kind of 86 a good third of the cast. For this scene so now i guess for all intents and purposes uh it's nightwing starfire beast boy superboy crypto no raven uh so crypto speak harf becomes the sonic screams a la black canary ah my ears owie and then he falls down and then uh good dog crypto we cut to the police who are standing there, and Superboy tells the police about what happened, about the guy wanting this file and sell it on the black market. Uh, and then the cops, which I'll remind people, are bastards. All cops are bastards, even fictional cops. Uh, hey, you're good, Crypto. You're a way to go, Superboy. Oh, man, you're so awesome, Superboy. Can I get your autograph? Sure thing. Now, just remember... Like, all of season two, Superboy was basically made out to be a fucking himbo uh, who doesn't really speak much and doesn't really want to talk to people. Uh, Now he's just apparently just likes to talk to people. Funny how things just progress in the span of three months, because apparently that was the time frame. Just three fucking months. Uh, Hey, uh, Superboy, can I hear your autograph? Sure thing. Well, Beast Boy is also there standing next to Superboy. Hey, uh, would you also like my autograph? Oh, no, well, no, thanks. I'm good. Uh, so once again, uh, Beast Boy getting the short end of the stick here, and there's really no... I, I, I'm, I'm still stumped by Beast Boy, because I like Beast Boy. I think Beast Boy is one of the better characters in, in the Titans lore. And, like, season one was just kind of there to be, like, a big brother character for Raven. Really got nothing in season two. And now his first big break in season three is, hey, would you like my autograph? No, I'm good. It really is, like, he is not really necessary for this show. <laughs> um, Which is kind of sad because I think Ryan Potter is really good. Uh, of an actor uh so we then cut to the news reporters of san francisco uh and they're interviewing starfire hey starfire i'm a news reporter lady and and you know what uh how does it feel uh with the mayor of san francisco calling you the guardian angels uh it feels great and on his porch uh justin from las vegas uh, watched over and smiled. Uh, then the news reporter goes, Hey, where's Nightwing? Oh, he's around. Nightwing is just standing on the rafters because he's the, being the Batman and then runs away. 
Then Justin calls up Starfire, and they begin to talk. Remember Justin? Wait, hey, remember Justin? Hey, 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 guys. Jordan, did Titans... Do you recall who Justin was in all of Titans? Unless you have, like, binged watched all of season one and two before watching season three, you would not know who Justin is. Justin was a, uh, basically... Uh, a therapist in Las Vegas who was talking to Starfire who had a meltdown in the Elko episode or EL space O. Uh, and by therapy session, I also mean they did the fucking. They did the sex. And then something about Blackfire and family things. Uh, Starfire wants to catch up with no champagne and disco lights, but promises to call. Because uh, apparently alcohol doesn't do good for Starfire. But don't tell anybody. <clears throat> uh, and then Nightwing, as he's in the rafters. Beep boop, let me check my uh, my little uh, blue bear, my little uh, Bluetooth headset. What's this? <laughs> what, what? What? And runs away. Cut to Gotham City. We're back in Gotham, folks. We haven't seen it in a while, but we're back in Gotham. We cut to uh, newspapers being dropped, and Tim Drake uh, looks at a bat. Why a bat? Because bats are scary. Tim Drake knows everything. Uh, but then as he's reading this stuff, uh, pew, pew, the cops are pulling, get the sirens out, and are pretty much ready to get the guns and shoot Tim Drake. I should point out at this moment in time, uh, Tim Drake is a mixed race in this Uh and uh, so, so, well, I will freeze this right now. Um, Tim Drake is, of course, one of the most well-known Robins of time. We, we talked about Dick Grayson. Uh, Dick Grayson, of course, my favorite character of all time. A lot of attributes I can relate to in terms to the character. That's why I like him so much. Jason Todd, one of the better Robins, because of just how his impulsions and how he wants to fight and just, like, just brute force his way through everything. And that trying to overcome being the second banana, wants to beat Nightwing as the best sidekick, uh, and that becomes his downfall. So Red Hood, that character becomes more of a redemption arc. It's, my methods are better than Batman's, and I'm going to prove it. You just kill him, you're done. Uh, and as we're about to find out in this season, uh, maybe Batman has a point and was right. But we're not going to get there yet. And Tim Drake... Is most people's favorite Robin. I will say he is the definitive Robin at this point. Um, there, uh, as I'm reading this, uh, there is an Elseworld story uh, called uh, where uh, he, because it's just been in the news. In an Elseworld story, Tim Drake is now out as bisexual, and that's implied because one of the characters wants to go on a date with Tim Drake, and he said that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, forcing all sorts of weird nuances and people getting upset about Tim Drake, um, even though it's either corny ass, of course he's gay, as Batman Robin, hoopadoopadoo, or it's like, oh, that's great. A little too late, don't you think? Maybe you should have done this back in the 2000s or 2010s when this would mean something, uh, and Tim Drake is kind of doing nothing in their comics lore right now, so you're really fucking him up. Um... And even though people love Tim Drake because Tim Drake is basically uh, what every person like because Robin basically used to be the identity 
of the person you would see yourself as in the role of Batman. Uh, Dick Grayson was that in the 60s, uh, and plus early comic book 1920s, 1930s, because then you have Batman talk to Robin about what he thinks. <clears throat> when it came to Tim Drake, especially in the 90s of Batman, he was basically every kid who's a nerd. He loves video games. He loves comic books. He loves science fiction movies. He really loves science and math and engineering. So he's just this really dweeby, geeky guy that I think resonated with every nerd. Uh, because of that, he's also a really good scientist, and he tries to put the brain power into what makes a good sidekick for Batman uh, in a way that a lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, of course, then uh, DC powers that be really wanted to push Damian Wayne in the Al Ghul angle right around the time of the Dark Knight, and that becomes a whole annoying story for another day. Maybe season four, maybe the end of season three. I don't know. <clears throat> But uh, Tim Drake is really everyone's favorite character. So for me, for all the characters to come out as bisexual, it being Tim Drake, that's the fantastic news. Even if it's a, but the problem is, it's almost like an Elseworlds. I fear DC gonna pull the rug and go psych whenever it's possible. And plus, at the point where it is now, Tim Drake is very disposable in the comic books. But to anyone who's a big fan of Bat Family or the lore of like what they're going to do, it's a good thing. Uh, Tim Drake in this one is not necessarily like the Tim Drake of, uh, of Batman lore, because in Batman lore, Tim Drake is basically kind of like Batman, a rich kid with rich parents, and the parents both get killed. Uh, that's about it. Um, Jason was just in the slums. Uh, he's a rich kid. Uh, but in this era, it it seems like Tim Drake's character, from what I'm gathering, is uh, is mixed, um, and he's a delivery. Uh, he he delivers on a bicycle food from a Chinese restaurant that's owned by the aunt and uncle, and the cousin li uh, also works there. And because the parents are gone, no word yet on what happened to them. I'm going to assume they're dead. Uh, and that's the family. So Tim Drake's family is now the aunt and uncle in the Chinese restaurant in Gotham. Uh, and he's just reading this newspaper, really obsessed with Batman, which is kind of what Tim Drake's origin story was when it came to the introduction to Tim Drake as a Robin. Uh, long story short, Jason Todd's dead. Ah, boo-hoo. I'll never have a Robin again. Tim Drake enters. No, you need Batman always needs a Robin. I will be the Robin. I know everything about you, Batman, because I know you are Bruce Wayne. And I know you're Bruce Wayne because Dick Grayson, you're there. I went through the tapes, and I know you do the quadruple backflip. And not only Tim Drake can do that. And you know what? I know Dick Grayson can only do that. And Dick Grayson lives in Gotham. And Dick Grayson is written by Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne's there, and you can only... <laughs> so he b figures out the clues. We're probably going to get that. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, uh, Black Guy... Or mixed race, uh, is is at night reading a newspaper, and the cops pull him over. This is gonna end well. Just to remind people, all cops are bastards. Uh, so, uh, as the cops are like, "What's going on? You're past curfew." Uh, I'm a delivery. I'm just delivering dumplings. Would you like some, officer? Hands over the dumplings. 
what's that? Points to the Batman sticker on the bike. I like him. Batman is a sociopath in a rubber S&M outfit. Get better heroes, kid. And then Tim goes, it's not rubber. Because it's Tim Drake. He probably will realize it's like it's polyurethane, actually. And plus, bullet point thing. It's actually made from a Kevlar-coated. <clears throat> What's that? Uh, you're, you're right. That's what I thought, kid. Once again, all cops are bastards, including those from Gotham. Anyway, Tim Drake then rides his bike with a Batman sticker through Gotham. Uh, and nice picturesque scenes uh, as they go to the restaurant, the excellent Gotham Golden Noodle House. Uh, hold for applause. The excellent Gotham Golden Noodle House. So let me just quickly, uh, as this is the excellent Gotham Golden Noodle House, let me read this article from blogto.com because uh, Toronto is still the location for where they filmed this. Uh, one of Toronto's most famous Chinese restaurants has transformed into a film set. The filming of the hit TV show Titans is underway and appears the crew is taking over part of Chinatown this weekend. The production of the team of superhero series based on the DC Universe Teen Titans franchise has been spotted around the city for the last few weeks shooting season three. Popular restaurant Goldstone Noodle has been transformed into a Chinese restaurant in Coffham City for DC Titans. The latest Toronto spot to get a gritty Gotham City makeover is Chinatown restaurant Goldstone Noodle. The popular corner business is at 266 Spadina Avenue has been transformed into Golden Noodle House, voted Gotham's best noodles. The restaurant's... It's, it, well, it's, it's actually excellent Gotham Golden Noodle House. Uh, thank you very much. The restaurant's... Uh, Gotten some bespoke Gotham signs just for the filming, which, according to notes on the floor, we'll see some Goldstone clothes to customers on Friday and Saturday. Uh, ads for Gotham Tai Chi Association women's self-defense classes because Gotham isn't safe. Protect yourself for a nice touch. The corner of Spadina and Williamson also got the obligatory Gotham City editions of a garbage can and light post. A uh, crew are currently inside preparing the scene for filming. Meanwhile, outside, fake food stall has been set up for the scene. There are also lanterns lining Williamson Square, hinting a potential night fight after a bowl of Goldstone noodles. Yes, I, I'm stalling for time here because we're just going to be talking about noodles. Uh, anyway, his cousin is like, oh, here you go. Have some money for your outfit because you look like crap because he's wearing like a yellow uh, hoodie underneath a jacket because the yellow hoodie is supposed to represent what looks like a hood because it's a Robin thing. And anyone who knows uh, the color design of the Robins, uh, Dick Grayson gets blue, Jason gets red, Tim gets yellow, Damien gets green. So just just a fun static for you. <clears throat> All right, so uh, the, the, the cousin sits there with the parents and is like, hey, we're good, blah, blah, blah. Here's some money. I want you to get cool sneakers. No word on how he got the money, if he just stole it or whatever. But then he looks at the news. Robin is found dead. This is the first time Tim gets the news. And the, and the aunt and uncle go, I'm so sorry, Tim. Because Tim is looking at the screen and is now fully devastated, just heartbroken because Robin's dead. No, not Robin. 
Dick goes back to Gotham City. After finding the news, uh, he hears some sweet indie sounds of Meet Me in the Woods by Lord Huron. Yes, that same song you hear in basically any sort of illegal bootleg YouTube video when you're trying to find a movie or TV show, and it gets you like that one minute and then plays that weird song. That's this song, I think. I don't know. Um, But yes, he's just looking all over Gotham City, devastated, and he enters Wayne Manor. He looks for Bruce Wayne. There's a nice hallway shot. A nice kitchen shot with no food, which is very spooky. A nice bedroom shot. He then goes back to his bedroom, where he sees a disheveled Flying Grayson's poster on the wall. The assumption is that Jason has been using the bedroom after him, as he looks at a chemistry book and takes notes for a new chemistry compound. That's a clue! He looks at the TV, and he sees Robin dead, news flying around. He then messes with the grandfather clock to put it at midnight, and then goes into the Batcave. At this point, I should stress out here one of the most annoying parts of Titans. The Penny and the T-Rex are holographic. That's right, folks. That T-Rex and the Penny that you often associate with the Batcave... They're just holograms. It's not the real ones anymore. Yeah. So, pretty lame, but hey, nice bop music. Uh, In the Batcave, he sees the Robin suit. He sees the computers, and then he sees Bruce Wayne. The old Bruce Wayne, this old guy, is now cleaning blood off Robin's domino mask. Joker is back at Arkham. Dick Grayson wonders when the funeral is going to happen. Bruce Wayne goes, The funeral already happened. The mortuary sent the body in a coffin overnight, and I buried it in the family plot. Uh, Dick goes, Well, that's not fair. I mean, why don't we have a memorial? He had no family. And then Dick goes, He had us. Bruce then looks at the crime. Uh, going on on this computer and wants to go back to work. You told me if you need to grieve, we need to grieve together. That advice was for you, not for me. We all grieve differently. Come on, I'm going to make us some lunch. Cut to Titans Tower San Fran. Beast Boy and Superboy find out from Starfire about Jason's death. But unfortunately, it's more of like a really fucked up scene. Jason never learned. And they tried to turn this into like a fucked up learning method, uh, which I kind of didn't really understand. Uh, maybe because Surfer was upset because Jason's dead. And, and try to point out like, it's because he's impulsive. With Dick thought he could learn from Batman to control his anger, but he never did. And I wasn't so now I want you to do that because that would be bad too. Bye. First Donna, now Jason. I just keep on losing people and just gets really angry and, and it's just whatever. 
Uh, as Beast Boy is just standing there with Superboy, just going, oh, whatever. Uh, Beast Boy then, I guess, just says, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go watch some animal videos on YouTube. And as he's talking out loud, uh, as I'm guessing Superboy just hangs out, eats candy. I don't know what Superboy's been doing. Uh, he's watching YouTube videos, and it's like, oh, you giraffe. Oh, sharks, you're so silly. Oh, he starts talking to himself, probably because he has no longer any friends to speak of. <clears throat> he explains out loud, hey, come on, Raven, where are you? Oh, that's right, Raven, you're away on an island trying to bring back Donna back from life because that is a thing. Uh, he keeps talking to himself about how nothing beats a super because everyone loves Superboy and not him. As he keeps looking at animals, uh, they use the budget cut friendly changing into a tiger, now into a plot device that I think couldn't change in any other animal, I guess it was the kind of the thing that they were going for. I mean, it's pretty nice. I, 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 I think that's kind of a, a smart idea. Uh, so now it's a plot device. He can't change to any other animal at the, in the first two seasons, even though I'm... Didn't he become a dog in, like, one of the episodes? Or a snake? Because I swore he turned into a couple animals. Uh, but I guess Superboy and Beast Boy broke out of Cadmus from season two's cliffhanger. Hey, remember that? Remember that, that, that thing that was never brought up again? This The cliffhanger from season two? The one where they're in Cadmus and Superboy is stuck in the prison with Beast Boy, and then they have to free. I guess they just free. There's no why that the. F <sighs> Did I mention this show really fucking sucks at storytelling? Cause it 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 does. It sucks at storytelling. I, we had this whole big stake where it's like, well, Superboy and Beast Boy are stuck in the Cadmus, and Dick Grayson is, um, Donna Troy is so sad. It just, I, ugh. I guess they just said, yeah, never mind. We can't do Cadmus. No, we're good. Uh, that's just too bit of an arc. We're not going to do Blackfire either. Fuck that too. I, just, ugh. just a really shitty story plot but maybe they'll talk about it this season most likely not <clears throat> so they're never going to talk about cadmus ever again anyway back at gotham uh dead bodies are at bridgeport dick grayson wants to speak to commissioner gordon but not just any commissioner gordon it's babs barbara gordon uh barbara gordon wheels herself back in and i will applaud the team of titans for casting uh the disabled actress to play Barbara Gordon, because uh, that actually kind of makes everything feel a little better. Uh, so then, uh, Barbara wheels herself over to Dick and goes, "Welcome back to Gotham, Dick." The bodies are wrapped in cellophane like last night's leftovers, says one police officer. Not now. We're gonna be doing this. Dick wonders why Jason went on his own. Barbara is talking about how it's just his impulsive nature and how he isn't a reader and he doesn't read books. He's an idiot, basically, is what he's trying to say. There isn't a mystery behind this, Dick. It talks about backstory about how she thought Jason was annoying and wanted to kill him half the time. But you know what? I loved him. Uh, but maybe the chicken soup spray is the clue. How is Bruce? Well, last time I seen him was at the morgue. He's weird. He's a weird guy. 
Uh, yeah, he doesn't process things well or at all. It, it, it basically, being quirky, and to me, I think that was kind of the best part of Barbara because I really like Babs. Babs is one of my favorite characters in DC Comics as well. I love Batgirl, and I think Barbara is still keeping that funny optimism and being more level-headed, but also really analytical is why we really love Babs. Um, and it basically became just a reconvening with Barbara and Dick. Let's catch up and meet things up. Uh, Babs basically then talks to Dick Grayson and basically says that, uh, you know, uh, when Mr. Gordon died, Bruce never talked to her about the dad or gave any sympathy or sorry for your loss. He just ignored him and kept moving, and that annoyed her. <clears throat> he pretends to forget them the second he dies, to shut down and hide his true feelings, to continue being Batman. Later, I guess everything's fine, because Babs is now in the uh, Wayne Manor with Dick and Bruce, and they're all drinking uh, liquor and getting sloshed up. And I guess they were doing a joke, and Dick and then uh it's like and you wouldn't believe we had jason over and then you wouldn't funny it was what, what what bruce said was really hilarious i said watch your language ha <laughs> uh they they uh bruce didn't wants to know about some crime going on and uh Basically, Babs is like, not now. We're trying to talk about Jason and just reconvene here. Uh, and then Bruce goes, me and your father had better communication for this war. This war of the soul of the city. It, 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 I, when I heard that, I had to stop for a moment. The war of the soul of the city. It was like real Joe Biden energy. Are they writing Joe Biden to be Bruce Wayne in this? Because <laughs> if it's not Joe Biden, it's like all of the those conservatives in the recall Gavin Newsom thing I see on the ads. We got to protect the soul of California. Like the same kind of shit I'm hearing in these ads in the political structure. I'm hearing Bruce Wayne. The guy we're supposed to go like, yeah, that's Batman. He's fuck cool. It's war for the soul of this city. Babson basically shuts that down immediately and says, calling it a war is trying to make the lives lost seem justified. Uh, we then find out that uh, Commissioner Gordon, James Gordon, Jim Gordon, uh, died from a heart attack for being frozen in a block of ice by a man with a refrigerator for a suit. So Mr. Freeze kills Commissioner Gordon. Babs blames Bruce for the death of his dad and thinks he convinced Dick to do the same and thinks that's the same for Jason. No more Robins, Bruce. Joker shot her in the in the legs and she kept going. That's what split the dynamic between Batman and and uh, Dick Grayson, even though I don't think that was the case. But sh sure enough. I thought it was that uh, Batman murdered and Dick didn't want to be a murderer. So he went on his own. I thought that was season one. Batman kills now, and I don't want to be a murderer like Batman. I don't fucking know anymore. <clears throat> and believes he wants the Joker to still be around so we can use an excuse to be Batman, and Batgirl is no more. She's just Commissioner Gordon. 
So they're basically saying Batman's no different than Joker. You're both sides of a shitty war. Uh, and you want Joker to be alive because that's your excuse to be Batman. Bam- Babsden says to Dick that Jason was picked up after one week. Uh, right after Dick Grayson's exit and gets upset because she knows damn well there'll be a new Robin very soon. Uh, Then Robin goes, well, we have the Titans. Titans? Your West Coast superhero school? No, we're a family. Anyway, uh, Fast 9 now available in theaters. Or you can watch it on Vudu. Or is is it available on Peacock yet? I'm waiting for it to go on Peacock. Uh, so Dick Grayson then wants to stay and figure out the mystery of what happened to Jason. Bab says, don't bother. He was manipulated by Bruce Wayne. Cut to the bedroom. Dick Grayson sleeps there now. Dick sees the chemistry book again and then decides to slide the dresser and open a mystery door behind the wall and not only see a muddy duck magazine, but maybe $100,000 in cash in the form of big wads of bills and a red tag that has the letter B written on it and a receipt for $1,800 a month, zero-bedroom, one-bath, 400-square-foot place in Gotham called Harris Place Number B. He takes the money, the tag, the receipt, and leaves the room. Dick goes to the warehouse space and investigates, thinking this is a clue of what Jason was up to. He sees chemicals and is trying to figure out what were you doing, buddy? There's lots of yellow goop and powder. A guy who owns the warehouse then is looking on at what's going on, wants to see if drugs were being cooked, and wanted to get rid of it because he didn't want any competition in the area. Dick Grayson beats the fuck out of him and says, I'm not dealing drugs. If I see you dealing drugs, I'll throw you out the window. He then breaks his arm because, as we all know, Grayson's still an asshole in this. <clears throat> We then go back to the Batcave. He throws this yellow stuff that he found at the warehouse into a bat scanning data device thing and tries to figure out what it was. The computer got nothing. As the computer also updates, bing, boom, almost like a, like a Windows update, Dick tries to enter with the username being asterisk and passwords not. Kind of an alternate, because usually the usernames you can see, but passwords are asterisk. Oh, well. Uh, first, the password was Jason, but no dice. But with Dick being entered... Bleep, bleep. There's a list of candidates. And here are your four candidates for next Robin. Carrie Kelly. Uh, you know, from Dark Knight Returns. Has really thick glasses. It's really funny. Uh, Daxton Chill, who you may not know, but if you ever read We Are Robin, is a musician kind of person. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Brown. I know, spoilers. Uh, but also was an actual Robin and was Batgirl. So, Kind of makes sense. I mean, that's one of them. And Duke Thomas, uh, who uh, was in We Are Robin with Dax and Chill, but also in modern-day comics play Signal and is one of the better new characters in Bat lore. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Wayne is looking into them. Bruce enters the cave. Dick is upset because he's going to recruit more kids into this war. Points out the yellow drug and sees that as something Jason was trying to build in the lab and was the reason he went out and took off at Joker. So, mystery solved. He he said he would be there and leave when he finds out what happened to Jason. I guess he found out. So, bye. Um, Bruce had no idea about the yellow drugs or his drug addiction. Dick says, that's because you don't care. You were looking for another replacement this time. 
Brewston goes, What if I need another Robin again, huh? You're poisoning the city just like the Joker. I don't, well, I need a Robin. Why don't you be my Robin? I don't want to be the fucking Robin, says Nightwing. Cut to the San Fran Tower again. Starfire drinks uh, some liqueur and listens to Tamaron Beat, according to her. She then drops her mysterious liquor cocktail, and apparently in full-on That's So Raven mode, there's a zoom-in camera shot to her eyes that turn green, and she sees a weird vision of reds and greens and blurs as evil science people in lab coats and gas masks are taking her away down a corridor tunnel probably on a stretcher and then as she wakes up she's in the middle of san francisco confused almost like a callback to the very first season of titans but not really back at the wayne manor sleepy dick grayson is asleep and wakes up boom there's a crowbar on the floor bruce wakes up dick grayson and goes he started it i ended it I caved in his skull and he was laughing at me because he wanted it. This whole game, I should have stopped playing a long time ago. It's over for me now. And points how he sees things better than him now. Like the powder because he cared about Jason more than he did. Babs was right. Do what I couldn't. Be a better Batman. Then he walks away. Batman, Dick Grayson cuts the, looks over, and he Batman's away. Dick Grayson. So he, Dick Grayson's like, "Wait, where are you going, Bruce? Oh, fuck, he got, he's gone." Cut to the bloody crowbar on the floor, and then we cut to our end credit song, "Dangerous Again" by Jace Everett and Amond Maraud. We'll play that at the end. Uh, so. Uh, I guess at the end of the episode, Bruce Wayne kills the Joker. So one whole point pot of Batman doesn't kill. No, he, he killed. He just killed the Joker. Uh, no, no big deal. And also, which kind of defeats the purpose of Red Hood's major lying arc of he wants to kill the Joker himself because he wants revenge for him being killed because you took off a part of Robin's life. What the fuck's wrong with you, Joker? That's, I guess, gone too. So Batman doesn't kill, but he kills the Joker. He kills him with the crowbar, the same crowbar that probably killed the Jason. Uh, Jason becoming Red Hood now has no real story arc at this point, but I'm going to let you assume it's going to be the yellow powder and he's going to be a drug dealer. Um, and then uh, Batman basically says he's retiring. It's your turn now to be a better Batman. Uh, Gotham City is yours. So we're led to assume that I guess either Dick Grayson's going to be Batman in a bat suit for a while, which would be kind of funny in what sort of way, or it's going to be Nightwing and Gotham, which seems like the major premise for, like I said, the uh, spinoff Bat Family Nightwing and Friends situation. Uh, so maybe that would be fun. Uh, it would. <laughs> I, the only way this would be shittier is if like he like Bruce leaves and it's like that's it I'm gonna find someone else and ter there's like a Terry McGinnis out there in modern day and it's like no there's gonna be Terry and Dick Grayson it's gonna be a lot of fun um so we're led to assume that this could be the back 
pilot for a Bat Family show, or this whole season is going to be Bat Family with the B-plot being Titans, which is not what I would want in a Titan show. I would want them split up. That's just me. Uh, this was a good episode, though, because you got to introduce Barbara Gordon, and Barbara Gordon is a likable character. We got introduced to Tim Drake for the first time, and Tim Drake is a likable person. We got introduced Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson's now quirky and happy and optimistic and happy, which is what you wanted Dick Grayson to be all along instead of this sappy, angry, dis- like dysfunctional person. He now is someone is you, you want you want to like, and that's that's something also important. But the problem with the show is Beast Boy is now going to be allocated to having a. I guess season long arc about how he's jealous that Superboy is getting the attention and he's not and him trying to change into different costumes because uh, he can only be a tiger and wants to be other characters because he thinks if I become different animals, that will make me seem uh, as cool as Superboy, Uh, which I guess will be a sort of changing who you are to impress people is not necessarily... That's going to be the story arc. It's going to be don't change yourself to impress others is going to be... The Beast Boy arc uh, as Superboy is just, once again, going to probably be allocated to being a big baby idiot going, oh, I had no idea. People just like me. You you want to play Monopoly sometime? I like the Monopoly because it's Superboy. No, he wouldn't like Monopoly. He would like Monopoly Jr. And he would specifically just want, like, funnel cake and cotton candy stands. That seems like something Beast Boy would, uh, Superboy would want because Superboy is a cool kid. He's just, you know what the guy who plays Superboy he does a really good job I, I I'm impressed with his acting I'm impressed with everyone with this season it seems like Starfire is going through like a depressive episode over the loss of Jason even though there barely was any Jason Todd interaction with her and it seems like if Jason Todd's dead uh, that there's really no plot to have them interact with Rose, which was a major plot point of season two, because Rose uh, was supposed to be the this was supposed to be Slade Wilson's like uh, eyes on the ground, and Rose is supposed to date Jason, and that was the whole thing. And I guess broke the heart and is gone now, or she's gonna just make a guest appearance and go, "Where's Jason? Jason's dead." Uh oh. But we are also gonna have Red Hood. So now we're going to be led to believe that something is either with the drug to make him invincible or it's going to be something where Red Hood is dead and we're going to find out that Raven did the Lazarus Pit on him to revive Jason uh, or some sort of effect. There's going to be some sort of how did Jason Todd not die? Uh, So he becomes Red Hood. Uh, And it doesn't seem like they're going to go with the Rashaw Ghoul uh, Lazarus Pitt as a treat to Bruce Wayne because he has been in a real sad funk over the loss of Jason Todd and it's supposed to be like a good graces sort of situation to lure uh, de- to lure Bruce to the lair so then y- you have that weird moment where Talia and Bruce do the woohoo kind of sexual favor and then Talia gives birth to Damian Wayne. So in the eight years of Tim Drake being Robin, we end up having Damian Wayne become the new Robin in its place later. It's... it. Lore is weird. (laughs) 
But yeah, that's that's the end of season uh, three, episode one of Titans. Barbara Gordon, I, 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 it's a really likable episode. I think it, it it could be worse. It could be more annoying. Uh, I think there are certain things that were kind of weird about it, such as the that's so Raven kind of looking to the future thing. But maybe that's going to foreshadow something, right? Uh, probably not. But it it did do well. I I want to see the adventure of Tim Drake. I want to see the Tim Drake storyline going on, and I can't wait to take that adventure with me for season three. And I hope it ends up very well. I love the Easter eggs of a Carrie Kelly being referenced and Duke Thomas being referenced uh, and Stephanie Brown, especially because I love Stephanie Brown. And I think it's very funny given the lore of Stephanie Brown and then like the clue master and the whole, like basically background story of clue master being like a disheveled game show host. And Stephanie's the daughter of it. It's very funny. <laughs> so I I'm all on board with this. Um, I really hope each of these people actually end up being in the show. And it's not just like we just took some photos of just some random actors and called it a day uh, that they actually get their place in the sun because I, I want that to happen. Uh, the only the only thing that's different is that um, in uh, Daxton Chill uh, uh, was like I think like a mohawked like rock star character, Rhea Robin. And in this, it looked like like a lead singer of like an indie rock group that was a like a, a lady so uh we have a female rob we have two female actually no three with three female robins in duke uh so mission accomplished um and it, it it looked pretty phil uh so this is the part of the show before we we close up where I get to do a quick uh, thing. Well, this was this is all on HBO Max now. This is no longer in DC streaming. Uh, so I'm going to do a quick review here. If you don't want to watch Titans, and for my own safety and benefit, because uh, it, it's basically agreed upon to the friends at Funtime Calls that I pick something that I enjoy to also talk about on HBO Max. Um, there's a whole lot of things out there. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was How to with John Wilson. Uh, How to with John Wilson is available on HBO Max. It is an HBO series uh, where basically John Wilson has like a fake documentary situation where he's rambling about like different scenarios and almost in run on sentences uh, cuts into different parts of New York City that has one thing lead to another. And I think that is a really funny uh, way of handling a documentary. Uh, and there's only been six episodes, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I do recommend watching it because it is one of the most hilarious and most like surreal shows out there. Uh, Nathan Fielder from Nathan for you is executive producer for the show. And I think I love it because it has that same vibe of like anyone who's ever recorded stuff out of nowhere. Like I have, uh, and just like, what if you took all of that and you edit it to become like a funny little mini show? Um, and it's so weird because the final episode uh, clashes right at the time of when the pandemic started. Uh, and I thought that is really like up to the moment and very sad, but also really good. And my, it, I, I think each of the episodes is very funny. And I don't want to talk about any of the twists. Uh, they get unraveled because that leads to very unique characters being shown. Uh, in different locations being filmed, uh, such as New Orleans or Vegas. 
that it's a lot of fun. And I, I really recommend people check out How to a John Wilson. It's, it's a really hilarious documentary series. If you have like free time on a weekend, uh, you could watch Titans. The first three episodes are out now. Uh, or first six episode, the all six episodes of season one of How to a John Wilson is also available on HBO Max. So feel free to check that out. Those are both really uh, interesting things. So that's going to do it for this episode of Jordan Talks Titans. I will be taking a snooze right now because it's almost 4 a.m. now as I'm recording this. And I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to continue with episode two, and I'll see you in the morning or afternoon or whenever I'm going to upload. Basically, I'm trying to do this over the weekend. So this might, by the time the next episode drop, basically is what I'm aiming for. Uh, so see you soon. Uh, new fun time calls in the in Saturday probably. Uh, give my best to Ian and Jack if they hear this. Uh, until next time, what do I always say? Uh, I'm not dealing drugs. If I see you dealing drugs, I'll throw you out the window. Also, fuck the Joker.